When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. But uh, that's right, everybody. We're back. This is episode 127, How to Avoid Being Overwhelmed. I'm Matt. That's Mike. And this week, we'll be taking a look at being busy and specifically how to avoid being overwhelmed when you're already busy. Busy, getting busier, whatever. We're all there. It's the beginning of the new year. Or, and like just stuff just comes in. It's too much. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. You just got to panic. You just got to panic, basically. Uh, and if this sounds interesting to you, and if you're also panicking like me and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. Now, a small reminder is that you can come and check out Mike's uh, weekly growth goal, weekly goals app, whatever it's going to be called, uh, Public Trello Board. Uh, I put a link to that on our Twitter uh, a day or two ago, depending on when you're listening to this, but uh, I'll also be hopefully tweeting that again if I remember uh, through all this panic. And this week uh, spawned uh, spawned this episode basically. So uh, I'll say it up front: I did not complete my weekly growth goal. We'll get into that into that segment, but it was because this week got absolutely crazy, and the only thing that got me through it was these specific tips. Now, not all of them, and we'll get into that in a moment. But we got a couple of segments here, and the first one is I have some good news. It's not always down to bad planning, okay? So maybe it's not you. Maybe it is them. Maybe it is them. Maybe it's Mike. It's probably Mike. Probably um, me. It's not me. It's not. It's not me. It's not you. It's Mike. Um, and <laughs> the second one is pre-made tactics and policies. So these are the things that pretty much got me through this. And there was going to be a third segment, uh, but the second one got so long that I forgot what the third segment was going to be. Uh, and I think I probably wrote it in the second one. So. First segment, again, the good news, right? It's not always bad. It's not always down to bad planning. Now, if you're being overwhelmed and you bring that complaint to a coworker or a family member or whatever you want to say, whoever you want to talk to, whoever you want to talk to, you'll sometimes be bombarded by comments about your lack of planning, uh, how disorganized you are, how rarely like they're overwhelmed and how like you're the only one that's being overwhelmed, whatever, right? You'll sometimes get that like talk of being like, well, none of us are overwhelmed. That's fine. Whilst planning and organizing, you know, are things that absolutely, these are skills that absolutely can help you not get overwhelmed. It's sometimes just not your fault. And that, that's the that's going to be the focus of today's episode, right? When it isn't your fault, when being overwhelmed is not because you weren't planning. So as a tech professional, you can't always anticipate, you know, something like a wave of bugs in your software. So if a WordPress plugin that you use across the board on most, if not all of your customer websites just has a huge problem. You know, you can't anticipate that, and that's going to cause you to be overwhelmed by bug fixes. New laws that require your websites to be updated to some degree, maybe like cookie policies, whatever it is. Um, economic situations that may cause a massive influx in customers. So you might get a sort of good news, bad news, where you're being overwhelmed with good stuff, meaning a bunch of customers are coming in and you're making a bunch of money, but you're overwhelmed because of the amount of customers. And the opposite can happen, right? Economic situation where there is a downturn in customers that causes you to scramble. So now you're trying to hustle, you're kind of at that grassroots level, if you will, where you 
you're trying to just find money anywhere. Maybe you start blogging or something, whatever the case may be. And then incidents, right? So something that's a little more IT based incidents. So, you know, for example, database crashes, random bugs, issues that customers brought upon themselves by going in and pulling switches and then they broke something and they don't know. They call you and it's a big panic. Those situations. Servers slash hosts going down. That happens all the time, right? Things go down. Literally yesterday, literally yesterday, I was on my host and I was trying to do something and I was having trouble importing this database just due to its size and I was like messing around with it and trying to find a compression software that would work to a good extent. And while I was on them, my actual websites and stuff that I was hosting with them did not go down, but I couldn't get to their documentation center. They went down. So if a host goes down, like on their own volition, like things are going to go down and panic's going to going to ensue sometimes. And then also small tasks, okay, that end up uncovering bigger issues caused causing major time investment. And that last one is probably the most controversial because most of the time people would say, "Oh, well, you should have budgeted three times the time and you should have did this and you should have did that." Yeah, well, I mean, if adding, let's say you go to add something to your Microsoft To-Do app and then it ends up being a whole thing where your account's locked out and you could you have to go in and like recover your account and like fix this and blah, blah, blah. I'm making it up now. But the point is, you know, you're not going to budget two hours or an hour every single time you want to add a, a, a to-do item to your to-do list. That's insane. That's that's crazy. That's insane. Whatever, right? So sometimes small tasks, even with a proper planning, even with proper time management can uncover big issues and you become overwhelmed. Now, there's some days or even weeks where business is as usual, Right. And other, and then all of a sudden things come out of the woodwork, right? This is the part about being overwhelmed. There's some people that just run on red at all times, right? They're revving the car to red, whatever they call that thing. I'm definitely a car guy, right? When I say revving the thing to red, but there's some days or even weeks where it's business, where it's just business as usual. Like you're just sitting at your desk, you're building things, you know, you're putting out websites, you're doing updates, you're doing whatever you need to do, you're doing your backups, whatever it is. I don't care. Point is, you're just doing stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, despite all your preparation and like your backups and you're doing your due diligence and you're commenting your code and whatever, you stand no chance of standing up to this wave of being overwhelmed. A bunch of people phone calling you and they're all unrelated sometimes, or maybe they are related and it's just this big craziness, whatever. And so your normal work plans are um, basically interrupted. They're basically changed. They're basically interrupted. So as a web developer, and I was actually talking to someone, talking to a friend about this yesterday and, uh, you know, as a web developer, it's important to keep in, keep something in mind. And if you're if, like, if your job starts becoming more IT, so you're a web developer, but it, your job starts becoming more IT and less being a creator, then chances are you are being overwhelmed and it's time to start making some changes. Okay. So these changes can come in, come in the form of pre-made tactics and policies, our second segment here. So yeah. Uh, yeah, just 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 to, just to butt in a little bit, uh, I think a big point here is that most jobs, regardless of if it's a web developer, you know, electrician or whatever, you're going to have situations where there's going to be some crazy, overwhelming loads of work, right? Um, and one one big thing that I've realized is like being an entrepreneur, doing your own thing, being a contractor. I feel like we're putting ourselves in a situation where it's most likely to happen more often, right? Because there's just more variables, there's more stuff like. Like Matt was saying, with all the different things that could go wrong, all of that can go wrong in the same week. That's possible. It's probably happened. I'm, I'm sure it's happened to us before. I just don't like we block out those kinds of black weeks. Um, but there's also stuff like, you know, doing your taxes that can go on top of that with a being an entrepreneur, web developer combination. There's also stuff like uh, just really hard to deal with people. 
because you're dealing with people on a, on a direct basis. I mean, if we were working for like an agency, usually you'd be like one step removed from dealing with the customer. And yes, you can have overwhelmed weeks and stuff like that. But there's some so many processes in place that are meant to uh, stop that kind of behavior where you're supposed to have like certain amount of tasks to work on and all that instead of having everything to work on at the same time. So that, that's another like little tidbit about if you want to go into, you know, being your own boss, being an entrepreneur, know that these things are going to happen more often. And there's like Matt's going to mention a bunch of ways to mitigate, but there's always going to be the chance that it can happen during any week. And you've got to be prepared to kind of just withstand the, you know, the pressure and use these techniques to to stop it. And hopefully the big thing is it doesn't happen to you every week. So you're not in constant panic. It's more of like, you know, every once in a while you can take it. If it's every week. Yeah. I would, I would be looking for something else. That's for sure. And the thing is too, Mike, as well is you were saying constant panic. Sometimes, like I said, you're in, you're a race car in the red. Sure. We'll take, so we'll say that you're a race car running in the red, but most of the time when you are being that, obviously you don't run your race car in the red. But what I'm saying is, is like, if you yourself are, at that limit, at that red level, you know, sometimes you do have to endure it, but it needs to be a controlled endurance, if that makes sense. It needs to be something where you control it, where you're like, okay, things are going crazy right now. We're really busy, but like I have these policies, these procedures, these tactics in place in which I need, like every day I'm just doing my tasks and maybe I'm doing four tasks instead of three, like I normally would, but at least I'm not doing 18 and panicking and calling these people and whatever. You need these tactics and policies laid out first and you can implement them now if you're already or if you're already in trouble, if you're already in that panic stage. But it's going to be more difficult unless they're sort of pre-made, pre-laid out, pre-built, whatever you want to call it. So the first one here is going to be precautions and safety nets. OK, something simple. Take backups at the slightest. And I mean the slightest hint that you'll need one. If you hear your customer on a phone call, which is unrelated to backups, if you if you hear your customer on a phone call, say, Starting tomorrow, I'm going to do a really big image update. I'm going to change all the images on my image gallery website. And hopefully it works out. If you hear that and you only do monthly updates and it's been a month or a little little less than a month since your last uh, last backup, I would take an update after that phone or I would take a backup, an updated backup of that of that uh, website after that phone call. And this has saved us a couple of times where people will say things like, there's a there's a dissociation between a customer's actions and the result of what's happening. They're hiring you as the you're they're hiring you as the technical professional and they're just trying to do whatever there is they're doing. In this particular instance, they run a photo gallery like an actual art gallery like thing and so there's obviously photos all over their website. And so that's a major critical very important thing. Now if you're if you're super confident that that website's going to be totally fine, great. But if it's something like WordPress, if it's something like like Webflow, if it's something like they can, they're going to go in and potentially accidentally delete pictures that they can never get back again, I take a damn backup. Take a backup so that tomorrow if they call in a panic because it's like, holy crap, the site doesn't load anymore, you can just revert it and it's reverted to yesterday. Just take a backup. It just makes sense. Also, make extra documentation or organize your files more, right? Anything, anything that will help you, you, the developer, you and your team, have a better UX, okay, when reaching for something during an overwhelming time. If you are a person who says, oh, you know, I need to, and this happened to me the other day, I needed to set up a new dev environment, um, or not a new dev environment, I needed to uh, back up a dev environment, or I had to do something in a dev environment. There's so much going on right now that I can't even remember what the hell I was doing, but it was something with a dev environment. And, you know, so it wasn't a, wasn't a critical thing, wasn't an issue. I just needed to take a backup of it, I think it was, and... 
went to go take a backup of it and I like forgot where that infrastructure was because we have a couple. And I was like, damn, like, I don't know where this is. And then that in, in, in a panic, if there was a panic of which there wasn't luckily that in a panic would have been a problem. So that's, that's off a red flag. And now I have a new, like, and I mean a new already did this a couple days ago. I have a new organization system for my backups across the board, across every customer, not even the customer that was being affected by this. Every customer. Because I know that in a panic of which of which usually that's when backups come in, usually backups need to be used in a panic. I, I need to be quick. I need to know where those backups are. And so I have a whole new system, a whole new system already. So don't delay. Just do it type of thing. Now, the next thing, the next big topic is communication organization. So what's that, right? Know what channels you and your team are going to talk in. You don't want to miss a message from someone that could have been trying to help you through a severe incident with a customer's website. You don't want to have, you know, a, a Discord chat, a Zoom chat, a uh, an email conversation, a like whatever, whatever, whatever like, like keeps going. You need to know in general where your team's going to talk. And if they say, I'm going to send you a file, you need to know, oh, did, like, do they send files via email? Do they send it in this chat app? Do they just drop it in my, in my OneDrive? Do they just drop it in my Dropbox? Where do they put it? You need to have those communication channels defined, and usually they just get defined naturally, or maybe your company has a policy in which you, which you can follow. So that this this is just sort of a a point that's already been taken care of. But it's very important that you know because you don't want to put your phone on mute, and then because you're dealing with something, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, what the hell? Like, you know, where the hell is you know Jim's you know uh, new config file? Like, where's this config file? Like, I'm waiting here. You know, we got a website down. And then he sent it like two hours ago and you didn't notice it, right? Something like that. And with that being said as well, in terms of communication organization, know when and what device to turn off. So here's a here's a prime example. On my computer, okay, uh, I have um, I have my chat apps. Now, a lot of my chats, because with customers, it's mostly emails. So a lot of my chats are personal. So like, I, you know, instead of me constantly picking up the phone and crap, I have my personal chats coming in all day, whatever. But I know when to mute those or when to close. Specifically, what I do is I close the program on the computer to make them stop. When I'm recording this show is one of them. But also yesterday, there was a bit of a panic. Someone had called me and there was like a bit of a thing going on. And, you know, not to get into it. But the point is, is I started getting a crap ton of emails and texts. And I started getting a lot of texts on my work phone as well. And I was like, okay, that's it. And I just immediately put my work phone as, in, as if I was sleeping. Do not disturb. Silenced. All that done. That's it. It's over. And then I went in and I was like, okay, I'm just going to close all these chat apps dealt with the issue. Then I can bring them back. So know when and where to mute those, mute those notifications. And that goes hand in hand with what channels, because you don't want to have a, 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 like, you know, let's say 50% or more of your conversations in your WhatsApp are all personal, but then one of them is your employee and they decide to text you that, but you, you in your panicked, overwhelmed state, you muted your WhatsApp now you're missing your missing their messages. That's why it needs to be defined, right? That's why it needs to be defined. That's very, very, very critical. Also, self-communication. So I don't know if that's the right word or phrase for it, but self-communication. And what I mean by that is you communicating to yourself potentially in the future or however you want to say it. So things like, for example, labeling files so that you know what they are the instant you look at them. Have a filing system. Mike and I have a filing system. We know generally where files are, or if I don't know, he can tell me generally where they are and I'll be able to find them. We also have a specific dating system, a specific uh, dating system, a specific uh, system for filing things away. And I have, I now have, as of this backup, I now have a scaled, I now have a scaled system. As a certain amount of backups uh, accrue, I have a different way to file things in in different in different ways by year by this by that etc so it 
like I said, I literally changed everything, but that's self, I literally changed everything the other day. And that's self-communication because if something goes horribly wrong and they say, damn it, like we, you know, the site's down, I need your help. I need your help, Matt. And the site's been down since two days ago. And if I'm taking a nightly backup, I'm going to be like, oh, okay. So two days ago, let's just load that back up. Like, is that okay? Yeah, let's do that. Because that way that's before the issue. Usually it's because they changed something two days ago. Site started becoming unstable and then it blew up, but you know what I mean? Also, leaving yourself notes where you think you'll get caught up. We had a we, we have a weird, 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 weird issue. And I've talked about this in our Discord. Weird issue with a, one of our WordPress sites. Very bizarre. Only a couple of threads about it. A couple of people had it resolved by things that are not related to our, our particular case. A couple of people did not have it resolved at all. And um, in terms of like me searching it, we were one of the first people to receive this problem because I searched before, didn't find anything. Now there's three, four threads. So I think there's like this weird little bug. I'm not going to get into it on a customer site that I found a workaround, an invisible workaround. So the customer doesn't have to do anything. I did the workaround. It works in the background and it requires the odd little bit of maintenance. And I remember the very first thing because the, the issue cropped back up and I needed to reapply just because of an update. I needed to reapply the fix. And I remember sitting there being like, wait a second, what the hell is uh, like, I can't remember where this um, like how to how to put this script in. Like I have a script that fixes it, but like, where do I put this? And then in my own folder for this customer, it had a note and it was like, this is your WordPress fix or something. And I was like, oh, what, what the hell? And I clicked on that. And it was a note to me telling me where to put the script because I knew that I would I would stumble upon that, especially in a panic. So self-communication. Talk to yourself from the past to the future, whatever. Back to the future. Hooray. The point is, that's what you need to do. You got to do it, period. Yeah. You know what? I've started to actually do this quite a lot um, in readmes and projects. I'll put like an issues section especially if it doesn't have like a board associated, like a JIRA board associated with it. I'll put all the issues that I'm currently having and that I could foresee in the future having. Like if I, you know, if I've hard-coded some sort of uh, URL that could change in the future, I'll put that in the readme being like, hey, I did this temporarily. This is the reason that I did it. This is something that could be going wrong. So I know, again, I haven't been able to take advantage of that yet because it's something I've done recently. But I know in the future, you know, two, three years down the line, if I'm having problems with an application that's running, it's probably going to be one of those things. I'll come back, look at the readme and check those things first. That's a really good, that's a really good way to, way to, to track things is because like there are times where when I used to be in networking, I would have to put a static route in because obviously like that's not the ideal in, in most circumstances. And obviously the router or whatever it is should be routing naturally. But do you really want to have people be down for two days while you do a big old investigation? Or do you want to just have the people up out of your hair and working? So then sometimes you just say, okay, well, this is, this might change once a year. I'm just going to put a static road in here. And sure, like you might, you might think that's band-aiding it, whatever. But when you have, you know, potentially 200 people bugging you, 200 people need this, you know, are you really going to delay 200 people? No, it's not worth it. It's basically cost analysis at that point. Um, Also, if it's something important enough, like procedure doesn't always have to be there. Like if something's important enough, even over commenting your code. Okay. So I know that there's, you know, commenting guidelines. That's what I meant by procedure. There's commenting guidelines and don't comment this and don't comment that. I don't be personally like, sure, fine. I'm not going to comment embarrassing things, but like, I'm not going to write down like var means variable in my comment. Like that's ridiculous. But the thing is though, is go ahead and write that in that comment in your code, especially when you're learning, like if you if you keep forgetting what var is, write it down in your in your in your comment. Like who cares? Write it down. You'll eventually figure it out, and eventually you won't need those comments anymore. But the thing is, if you suspect that you're going to be responsible for fixing something, 
And it took you a while to understand that particular piece of code. It took you a while to fix it maybe. And then you fixed it. And then you think, oh, because I fixed it, I'm going to be responsible for fixing this in the future. Okay, perfect. Actually, seriously, screw, in my opinion, screw the commenting guidelines, write out in comments, something that will going to help you. It's self-communication. It's talking to you. Take that and literally write a comment that you, in a panic, would reach out to and be like, oh, that's right. I have to put this script here and re- and restart Apache. I have to restart Nginx. Because I don't know how many damn times people have done changes to, say, their PHP INI file in XMPP, and then they forget to restart. Now, obviously, it's XMPP. Usually, you're not going to be panicked. But if you're learning, you might be an anxious person, and you might be panicked. Put comments in. Put notes in, put whatever it is you need, because eventually you won't need them. And if you do need them forever and someone makes fun of you, well, they're not going to be making fun of you when the customer's freaking the hell out and you fixed it in 10 minutes versus them potentially stumbling for 20 minutes or you stumbling without the note for 30 minutes. You know, it's ridiculous. So put your own thing, in my opinion, throw commenting out the window, throw commenting guidelines out the window uh, at your own discretion. Don't be commenting everything. Don't go crazy. But if it's something complex, something weird, static routes, I don't care, whatever it is. Put those comments in, put those notes in. It's it's extremely important that you communicate to yourself because you're not going to remember. You're not going to remember. You're doing too much. It's crazy. Okay. Also, moving on to the next sort of mini topic here is predefined policies. Okay. Decide, and I've said this before, but I'll get into a little more detail here. Decide what level of customer service you're willing to provide and stick to it. What times are going, like, when times are going well, you may decide to go above and beyond, okay? You might be that person that, like, you know, will we'll do the second phone call when you're only contracted to do one. You know, you may you may be there a little later to help people out and whatever, and, that, and that's up to you, whether you want to go that extra mile for customers. But on paper, you're not, let's say you're not, you don't need to do that. If you're contracted to take phone calls, you know, if, or if you're not contracted, excuse me, to take phone calls all day and a customer, a person, whatever it is, keeps trying to call you to interrupt you about something unrelated, like customer A is having a problem, but customer B keeps calling you, you're not contracted, but you usually do pick up, just don't pick it up. And the thing is, is you went above and beyond before that. And so if they complain, like, hey, you almost always pick up, just be like, sorry, man, I was really busy. And the thing is, is they need to get used to the fact that like you were going above and beyond and Some people will argue that you shouldn't have been going above and beyond before to set the precedent, whatever. That's totally up to you, how you want to run your business, how you want to run your freelancing, whatever. That's totally up to you, okay, to be clear. Totally up to you. But the point of the matter is, the point of the matter is, is that you need to use your policies, your contracts, your obligations that are written down usually or the ones that like were verbally agreed with or whatever. You need to use those at your disposal. So if you are overwhelmed, do the bare minimum that you have to do. Take the one phone call, don't take the two, don't take the three, period. And if you're a freelancer or self-employed, these policies are somewhat influenced by industry standards, right? You can't be a person that says, I don't take phone calls at all. But ultimately, you know, even though they're influenced by the industry, they're ultimately up to you. If you know that having a meeting or even a messaging conversation via SMS or whatever over something unrelated will throw you off the rails, then decide when, where, and how you'll communicate with customers, right? Oh, you know, I'll, I'll message them every afternoon from 12 to 1 or whatever. And then don't stray from that, especially when you're overwhelmed. Don't stray from that. Don't don't go don't go crazy with, oh, I, I know I'll just be there for them. It's fine. Like, I'll just be there for them. It's fine. It's not going to be fine, you know, and and you're going to set a precedent of like, oh, I'm always available for phone calls. But when you're not, well, when you're not, then 
you have like sort of that stock built up with them where you can be like, sorry, man, I was super busy that day. Like, sorry, man, I did whatever. And if you're a person that doesn't go above and beyond originally, like I've already said, if you're a person that says, no, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, go above and beyond. I'm going to do exactly what the paper says. And that's just, just, that's just how you decide to, to run your business. Then you need to continue with that because you are overwhelmed at that moment and you need to use these policies, these, this level of customer service as a crutch and don't abuse it. Right. Like, of course, like there's times where like, we'll be contracted for like three hours or something. And like, let's say we pre-charge and then it takes three and a half hours one time. Well, I'm not going to charge for the extra half hour sometimes, you know, it's just like, okay, like that's, you know, do what you want, but that's how we handle it. But at the same time, it's just like, if it can't constantly goes to three and a half, don't feel obligated to overwhelm yourself with that half, extra half hour without pay, right? You got to bring that up, stuff like that. So stuff like that is 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 exceptionally important. Um, beyond predefined policies, though, diversions and predefined norms. Okay, so have have diversions, and this this is like a little bit of deceit, but also like honest deceit, I guess you could say. Uh, have diversions plan that will keep customers at bay while you deal with a given issue. So for example, if you're working for customer A and customer B keeps trying to bug you with something, have some sort of canned response that you might send customer B at the end of the day that will make them think that you're working on their request, but in reality, you're keeping keeping them at bay while you fix the real issue at hand. Okay? So something like we we have uh, we have people that we've worked with for a long time and I'll get into uh, you know, working with people for a long time, but we have people that we work with a long time. And I know that like some people will call us like I, I, we have a couple customers that will like call text and then also email about the same issue. And that sounds like they're in a panic, but we've worked with them for so long, whatever that like, we know that like they're, they just had an impulse of a new idea and that I can message them later. And the thing is, is they like people like that usually don't want to be ignored uh, for too long and they want to at least have an acknowledgement that you got it. So then my canned response in, a, in an under, in an overwhelmed day at the end of the day, will just be like, Hey man, I received this. I'm just super, super busy. I'll call you X time, X day, whatever. And that's it. Or I'll call you back or I'll text you tomorrow, whatever it is. And that's sort of like a canned response to sort of keep them at bay. And that's sort of a diversion. Another, another thing you can do is when you're working, and this goes into theirs, when you're working with customers, um, you know, over time, you'll slowly understand how you communicate with them, right? You'll actually start understanding how they work, and then you'll start interacting with them better. And if you have a customer that is sort of more of a loner in our experience, meaning that they require less communication and will only reach out sparingly for you for an update, it's best to play on that, right? Do what you need to do and wait for them to contact you, even if you consider even uh, to consider what they want from you because they're they're used to waiting anyway. And during a time like this, you don't have the time to go above and beyond. So what often happens with a loner customer, I'll get into it, is uh, at least in our experience, I don't know whether calling them a loner is the right way to say it, but whatever, um, is these customers will only contact you if they you know think of something new and they'll usually save up a few new ideas and then call you uh, sparingly, um, either because they're busy or they whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, the thing is, though, is like oftentimes like we will try to go above and beyond and just do a bunch of stuff in the background that they see. Like they'll see their up their website updating as according to our contract. And so they won't call us. They won't call. They won't text. They won't phone. They like whatever. They, they won't they won't email. They won't reach out to us. And so. And so when they do, it's like usually when there's something new on the on like on the ticket. But if we're overwhelmed, I actually won't do that that work for the customer normally. I'll wait for them to call 
And then I'll just say like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, you know, it's, it, you know, I have it, at, I have it in mind. I have it in mind. I have the idea. Uh, like I know what I got to do. I've just been super busy. Sorry about that. Whatever. And we move on because that like I'm waiting for that customer to call because I just bought myself a week, a month, two weeks, whatever it is. And that customer isn't going to be mad because I can normally just do everything. But that person, like, especially if it's something that's like more superficial, like a small design change that isn't critical, that isn't critical to the brand, whatever, like you can kind of push your luck a bit, but you have to sort of understand how the customer is going to react. So you have to kind of work with them for a while and understand that like this per- you'll be like, this person hates delays and hates calling me. So I better just do it. E- whether they're a loner or not, I better just do it. But this person, you know, if they call and say, Hey Matt, like, did you remember to do X update? If that's their type of response, you'd be like, yeah, yeah don't worry. Like I'm going to do that next week. You know, it's on the do- you know, it's on the ticket. Like I've just been really busy here. If they're receptive to that and you get, and you have that like sort of working relationship with them, like then whatever, who cares? Um, use that time where you would normally be going above and beyond for them or doing the norm for them, use that time as, as a, as a diversion, like use that time, use that time so that that predefined norm, that diversion can buy you two weeks, a, a month, whatever it is. Like I said, yeah. um, I think w- w- just to butt in a little bit diversion. I mean, I think it, it's a accurate word and in some situations it's a required word, but I think we, we do, it is an upfront thing because a lot of the times People just don't answer as well. Uh, so the fact that you're giving them an answer saying, hey, I'll take a look at this tomorrow. Or I'll take a look at this when I have some time. Yes, it's a diversion. But on the other hand, it is an acknowledgement of their idea. It is an acknowledgement of their uh, communication with you. And that itself is a piece of work. That itself is part of your job. Um, the big thing is, is don't let it sit there. That's, that's when like anger can come out. That's when, uh, unexpected expectations can come in because if you just let it sit there and then a reply a week later, uh, with like, oh, I'm just taking a look at this now. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to you in a week. That's already two weeks of time that they didn't hear anything from you. So they're going to already have a little bit of anger with, with that response. Whereas if you reply, you know, the same day or the, or the next day with a response saying, hey, I'm going to take a look at this, that's, being proactive, regardless of if you have time to look at it or not, it's something that uh, a customer will like and will will give you more time, 100%. Yes. Yeah, it, it's sort of like an unspoken, I want to say a PR thing where um, we, we've all we've all gotten the canned response from somebody like, yep, we'll look at this next week. <laughs> like maybe that's a, an actual legit thing, but oftentimes that's just like a marketing term where the person's like, yeah, I'll look at this next week because they don't want to deal with it, can't deal with it, don't have time to deal with it, whatever it is until next week. I've gotten that many times and I never really have an issue with that as long as they actually do look at it uh, within like a week or two, like as long as they're within range of that bounds. Um, but the great thing is, is that if you do give a large range and you have a chance to look at it beforehand, then you're giving like you're doing the, you know, over, uh, under promise over deliver kind of thing. And that's always going to work. That's always going to be a delighter for the customer. And uh, that's that's the kind of way that I kind of that I'd go about it is I will give a larger range than I probably need. And then I'll if I deliver within half that range, I'm always going to get a delighted response being like, Oh, I thought you were going to do this next week. Thanks for answering me so early, etc, etc. So again, it's not a I don't think it's like a, it is a canned response in some ways. But on the other hand, it is part it's just part of the job. Like it's part of the it's part of how you handle customers and it's part of your contract with them to actually be able to answer them, even if the answer is just a, you know, a simple 
I'm going to take a look at this at some point. That's the important thing. Answer the customer. That's what they want to hear. They just want to have acknowledgement of their ideas. If it's an emergency, it's a totally different thing. But if it's just like some off-the-cuff idea that they've come up with that they want you to take a look at, just answer them. Say that you're going to take a look at it. Take a look at it when you have time and respond to something back when you have time. Yeah, you need to you need to play all these play all these situations uh, slash like take all these tips uh, in context. Like you yourself have to sort of de- determine whether something's urgent for somebody, uh, whether they're okay with you saying I'll take a look at it next week and you delivering it in two weeks, stuff like that. You know, if it's something major, you can't just be like, "Well, I'm doing a diversion. I'm doing a di- like a diversion tactic." It's like, well, no. You need to sort of deal with it in your own stride. And this is sort of the reason why people become overwhelmed is because a bunch of stuff that can't be, uh, you know, sort of pushed aside due to whatever reason or with a diversion or whatever it is, a bunch of these things can't be pushed aside. And that's how we get overwhelmed in the first place. Otherwise, none of us would get overwhelmed ever because you would just keep having diversions, telling people look at it next week for six weeks to come, you know, so those type of things. Um, and, and and there's one more tactic actually I do want to discuss as well called minimum delivery. Um, so, and this is another tactic that again, please take all this stuff w- with the context. Don't be just like delivering a minimum product <laughs> just because you can. Uh, but like you know, when you're working in the industry, you'll get a feel for it. Especially if you're working with customers for a while, you'll get a feel for what they want. And um, I mean, internally, have a defined minimum delivery, right? If you're if you are willing to put out, um, you know. If you're willing to put out something, a feature, uh, put out some sort of deliverable for a customer that is bugging you constantly for super busy, like that when you're super busy, you know, just do it. You're, you're willing, you're just be like, you know what, this person, like, I really need to help customer A, but customer B is just driving me nuts right now. So I'm just going to put something out there. Well, for example, you might just be able to put out the homepage real quick. Let's say it's really easy. There's just a slider plug and you set it up with the pictures and hooray. Maybe that's really fast, but they wanted a new inventory page and a new homepage. Well, the inventory page might take hours because you got to put it on that inventory and stuff like that. But the homepage, you know, that, that'll be done pretty quick. So instead of delivering both to, to sort of keep customer B at bay, just say, you know, just, just deliver the homepage and say that the inventory page is in progress. And then usually they don't have it. They don't care. Usually people are checking in because they think that people aren't going to get things done. Where, whereas, you know, you're showing, you're showing something and then that gives them something to chew on. And I'll even say that to some customers. I'll be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this over the weekend for you or like right for the weekend so that over the weekend you have something to chew on. You can take a look at it. And then on Monday, you can like let me know that type of stuff. Um, sometimes that doesn't work. Like I said, take the context into into account always. But it's very important to have that minimum delivery. Um, there's been a few things where I've actually kept people at bay by putting things out right before the holidays at a time in which they expected no deliverable. And now they still haven't called me. And now it's allowed me to continue to deliver things for other customers in this crazy week that we that we're having that I'm having right now. Uh, people calling and freaking out all over the place. Um, basically, it, it's just it, this allows me to sort of deal with this in a proper way, uh, rather than like having you know this person call me, this person call me, this person call me, and even like that small task of like quickly putting together a templated homepage becomes a chore because there's so much other stuff going on. And so it buys you good faith. It buys you time. It's minimum delivery. It gives them something to chew on. It shows that you are working. It shows that you know what you're doing, whatever. And it really does help. And and this is also another way as a small aside, this is a, a, a way if you're going to, if you told someone you're going to have a, like something done by a deadline and you really 
screw that up and it's not ready, like their site isn't ready, you can put out a minimum delivery out for them, uh, whether whether publicly or privately for them to look at just to prove that you're working. Now, some people are still going to be pissed off, whatever. Some people are going to be, uh, you know, fine with it what ha- or what have you. But this will, in general, soften the blow. It'll soften the blow because people will be like, oh, like he's working, whatever. Like, it's not like he just forgot. It's not like he has nothing done, you know, no problem, whatever. Uh, some, Like I said, that doesn't always work. But in my experience, it does uh, soften the blow because we all overestimate ourselves sometimes. Uh, maybe you got overwhelmed by something else. Maybe maybe something unrelated to work came up, whatever, uh, that completely screwed around with your deadlines. And uh, having a minimum delivery can help soften the blow of a missed deadline as well. Uh, but that... I mean, just looking through my show notes here, that concludes uh, concludes this uh, episode, this ranty episode, whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, the, the, these are just some things that I, I've been dealing with this week. This week has been uh, a little bit chaotic, not in it, – it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's like when I say – because I had a meeting with Mike before this. When I say what we're doing, it doesn't sound like it's an awful lot and it doesn't sound like it's really crazy. But like put all together, all these little things are just adding up and it's just a lot of task switching, which is also difficult. And so running around like a fool trying to put everything together uh, can be a real pain. And uh, and it is, which leads me right into the weekly growth goal. Uh, and I'm sorry, Michael, to steal your, your your first person spot because I my answer is short. I didn't even I didn't even touch the hat website, didn't even touch it, didn't even look at it, thought about it a couple of times and just got overwhelmed and couldn't do it. So this is my, <laughs> uh, yeah, after I was, maybe this is my karma moment where I was ripping on Mike last week for not completing his weekly growth goal. At least he had tried and did some of it. I didn't do anything for it. So my weekly growth goal this week is still to try to put that thing out. Whether it'll happen, these tasks so. that are on something. my plate, only no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, f- fair enough. I mean, the the reality is, is that these growth go- goals are going to get, broken at some point like it's there's no way we can you know do every single thing that we uh, that we want to every single time that we say it but the idea is that these keep us somewhat honest we have to say it to you we have to be a little bit embarrassed um matt has to take a little bit of hazing for not doing anything on his weekly growth goal like literally nothing literally did zero on it just a little bit of hazing there for that uh and hopefully that kind of stuff can keep us a little bit more honest than we were before uh, with our goals because yeah like Matt said I didn't complete my uh, growth goal last week I was you know gonna read a certain amount of a book I only read a certain like I only read 18% I was supposed to read 20 whatever it doesn't matter but uh, I didn't I didn't complete it uh, then I like I literally was kind of angry with myself with that I actually sat down and did read up to 30% like two days after that weekly growth goal just to just to check it off so it did help uh, the hazing helped and the fact that it was on a list that I didn't complete also helped. But this week I had a, gro- or last week I had a growth goal of completing the infrastructure setup for my weekly growth goals app. And I did all that. So I chose all my, all my, uh, technology that I'm going to be using, which is going to be a strappy backend, uh, which is a headless CMS and a Vue.js 3.0 front end with tailwind for the UI. Um, so I'm doing some new stuff, some stuff that I know really well, like a good little balance of it. I'm also using something called Snowpack for the, uh, building process. So instead of Webpack, I'm using Snowpack. And this is a little bit of a preview of next week's episode that I'm writing right now, which is 
snow uh, webpack versus snowpack. So we're going to be talking about bundlers. We're going to be talking about the differences between the old style oh, bundlers. Oh, is this the webpack. eagerly anticipated episode? Yes, it's one of the eagerly anticipated episodes. So there's there are differences between between the two, um, and there's some positives and negatives about both. Because uh, I've been using snowpack now for a little while, so there is some really weird little things that I'm just like, why is that happening? But anyway, we'll we'll talk about that next week. Um, just a little. Uh, you know, preview of what next week's episode is going to be. But this week, my weekly growth goal will be to fully set up the backend API. So what I did this week was I literally just kind of put a straw man on the strappy side. So I, you know, I initialized the re- the, the repo. I created uh, a strappy backend that runs and I can connect to no problem. But I haven't really set up any of the actual hooks that I'm going to need, any of the APIs that I'm going to need. I was mostly focusing on setting up something on the front end for me to actually be able to hook into the backend. That's kind of how I like to do it. It. I like to set up the UI, a minimal UI, um, but good enough to be, to be like ready for showing other people. And then I'll set up the backend to hook into it and I'll tie in all the information. And I do this because um, I like to I like to do the logic stuff. I like the hooking into the API stuff, but I don't like the setup of the UI stuff. So I do the stuff that I don't like first. And then I'll move on to the stuff that I do like because now I just have more motivation to go back to the project uh, to do the stuff that I like because I've already done kind of like, you know, the responsivity or at least attempted to do some of it and the, the, the minimal UI stuff. So next week, I want there to be kind of a fully functioning backend APIs fully done, uh, like for creating a user, uh, for logging in, for creating a weekly goal, for editing that weekly goal, for like, you know, encouraging a weekly goal. There's a lot of little things that I'm going to be talking about eventually when I have more of the, uh, more of the app up. And I do plan on doing a, a few streams here and there, more of like a question and answer streams, more of a, f- a user feedback streams, in fact, where I want the community to get involved and, you know, rip apart the site, help me with some of the UI process. It's going to be more focused on that. That's where I've kind of decided to kind of shift my streams to rather than me just sitting there and programming and trying to answer stuff in the in the chat, I'm going to try to bring in the community and I'm going to be very uh, upfront when I'm going to be doing the stream so that the community knows when to come and join me. And uh, I'm going to try to generate the community to kind of help me with the project, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm jealous of you. <laughs> jealous of you. If I, I'd be lying if I say I wasn't. But uh, I mean, I saw the mock-ups and you sent some animations and stuff like that. And uh, it's looking good. Um it looks like super modern, which I really like. And uh, I hope, what do you, what do you think for like, are you going to release this as an app? Like, I know we had like a really brief conversation. Obviously this is just concepting and not promising anything, but like, are you going to like, now that you've, now that you've, uh, you know, chosen some stack stuff and now that you have the design and stuff like that, do you have a specific goal for it? Like PWA for sure. Like, is it, going to be a mobile app like are you gonna is it gonna be a pwa that you release in the store like a google play store or something like what is your uh distribution goal with this thing so i haven't fully decided about the full distribution goal yet um but it will be it will be a website for sure and a web app that's that's 100 percent um and i will be building pwa functionality into it so those two things i know of i'm not 100 percent sure on packaging it like if I'm going to go the PWA route, maybe I will only release it on the like Android app store to do the PWA, but I could also Cordovize it. It's really going to depend on the community response. I'm going to like, and, and that's how we've done most of our projects. If the response is great and if people want to see more, I'm going to put more time into it. 
if the response isn't great and people don't want to use it, I'm probably not going to put the time into it. So I'm going to release what I think is the minimal viable product for this uh, as soon as I possibly can, right? To, for people to start playing around with, to report bugs, because there's obviously going to be bugs. I'm the only person working on it. Um, and I'm going to try to fix those bugs and make sure that people can use the product end to end. And once I get the feedback from them that, hey, this would be great as an app or, hey, this would be this feature would be great. This feature would be great. That's when I'm going to do my prioritization table. That's when I'm going to decide what I'm going to release it as. I have all the options on the table right now because that's how I built it. That's the architecture of the application right now. It, like like Matt was saying last week, if it becomes a huge success, I'll rebuild it in Kotlin. Like I'll rebuild it in in Swift. I don't care. If the app is a huge success, I'm not going to feel like it's a waste of time for me to go in and rebuild it from the ground up. But if the app has no traction at all or it has minimal traction, I'm probably not going to spend hours and hours and hours trying to get this app going to, you know, adding features that nobody wants. I'm going to do what is kind of determined by you, the community that's going to be using the app, because I'm essentially going to be marketing to the podcast, to the Discord group. That's the main thing that I'm going to be doing. So if you're really interested in following the, the development of the app and using the application when it's released and seeing the code that I'm going to be releasing as well, because it will be open source, uh, you know, join our Discord community, follow us on on all your podcast app platforms and all that stuff, because we're going to be talking about it a lot here. Okay, I mean that's a good that's a good conclusion. Uh, um, I think that uh, our weekly growth goals are clear. Mine's still the same. Uh, Mike is uh, Mike kicked my ass this week. Uh, maybe this will become a Damn weekly right. growth goal competition. <laughs> I like it. A uh, bit of a game show, but uh, but yeah, uh, cool. It sounds good. Uh, I'm sure we'll keep you updated, uh, meeting the listener uh, via the the Instagrams and the Twitter and whatever else about the new designs and progress that mike is making so make sure you follow us on there and uh, remember that web news again separate show now but this week in the web news coming up uh, later this week uh, we'll be releasing web news are apps too easy to use big question there that's an interesting one uh, so and remember on that patreon that's patreon.com slash html all the things check out the tiers give that a go if you want to support the show and many thanks to our three dollar tier patrons sean from RabbitWorks javascript on youtube.com slash RabbitWorks javascript garrick from local path computing and web design on localpathcomputing.com ryan gatchel from blue black digital on blueblackdigital.com chris from self-made web designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com tim from the web hacker on thewebhacker.com dl ford from dlford.io Pib Hashdaz from 9Block Media on 9BlockMedia.com, and a new one, Jason from Geek Life Radio via GeekLifeRadio.com. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on, and this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.